Welcome to another episode of Junior Achievement of South Florida's Recipe for Success. Just as there are no two recipes that contain the exact same ingredients or measurements, there are no two success stories exactly the same. Recipe for Success features entrepreneurs, visionary leaders, and innovators of all ages who will share the ingredients that make them successful. Here's your host, Lori Salarulo, President and CEO of Junior Achievement of South Florida. Welcome to this week's episode of Recipe for Success, where we learn all about the ingredients to entrepreneurs and business leaders and executives' recipe uh, that made them and their companies successful. This week, uh, I am so honored and so excited to have uh, someone who is an amazing business leader in this community, uh, a philanthropist, a, a community activist, and a friend. Uh, this week, we have Andy Cagnetta, who is the CEO of Transworld Business Advisors. Thank you for being here. I'm really excited. And by the way, I feel like is, I'm home. And he is, by the way, a podcaster uh, and videographer of his own. He has his own show yes. going on. You want yes, to talk about the that deal for a board? Uh, we are over a year, so we have about almost 80 episodes now. And we talk mostly about buying and selling businesses, uh, but we try to put the stories in there. I mean, that's what everybody wants to hear, right? Yep. Stories. And this is this is a great forum for telling entrepreneurial stories as well. And yeah. so you've had some great guests here. So yeah, I'm honored. We've, we've, had a, we've had a good time. And, you know, I am a, I'm an avid learner. I, I'm always trying to grow and, and learn from different people. And I think that's what inspires me, right, to be right. like some of the great leaders that we've had in this community. And that's what we want for our kids here at Junior Achievement. Oh, absolutely. Um, and so I have learned things, and I've known some of you, right, for so long that have been on the show. But yet, there were things I didn't know. And so I really enjoy that. Um, okay. And then taking away some really good tidbits sometimes from some of the conversations. I have to go back and watch a few more shows, yeah. but I've yeah, watched it and some good enjoyed ones. it as well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you, one of the stories, and I, I don't know if everybody knows it, but I know that one of the times of your life um, was when you went into business. I know as you came out and you decided you were going to go into your own business. And so can you talk about that for a second, just about... Was that, it sounds like that was a pivotal moment for you, like that whole period of then where you ended up going and realizing and... Yeah, I mean, you're talking about when I came to Florida, right? And did the pizza business. Well, you know, but that listen, was before, right? Yeah, no, so when I got out of college, and, and I didn't do very well in school uh, in, in college, and, and mostly because I wasn't applying myself, and there were certain things that happened in my life that I was trying to, I was struggling with. So. So I didn't do great in college, so I didn't graduate with like a clear career path. And so, you know, I was just kind of confused when I came out and um, my cousin happened to be in this new emerging technology business called the cell phone. And I just decided, okay, I'm gonna start selling cell phones. And he's like, I'll set you up as a dealer in New Jersey. And I started selling cell phones for $2,000 a piece. So I only really needed to sell one a week or maybe even three a month to, to make survive a and make a right. living right and i was bartending were those the, the big side. bricks or something yeah the brick phones <laughs> they actually it was even before that you you installed them in cars and so we were installing radios and cell phones and you know but it was just a small little business literally out of my bedroom and uh, you know i just took that entrepreneurial path a few times over i had a pasta shop in hartford connecticut uh, that my family, uh, my family and I bought, and I think we bought it for forty-five thousand dollars. 
we ran it for about a year and a half, and then we sold it for sixty-five thousand dollars. And it was like, you know, everybody thought I was a, I was good at this, and I didn't even. I sold my own business. I didn't even know that there was such thing as a business broker, which I eventually wound up becoming. So. I know that is interesting, isn't yeah. it? Um, you know, so during that time, though, I know that you had told me about that the pasta business, and that there were, you came to some realiz realizations about being an entrepreneur, right? I mean. Some some challenges and some yeah, hard I mean, times you know, and hard work and being an entrepreneur is not easy. And I, I always uh, I always feel for entrepreneurs that are too hard on themselves. I, you, you can't be too hard on yourself. It is absolutely a journey. You know, again, uh, I could I have a picture in my office and it has all my old cards that I have that um, that that I that I saved from my previous. Business entrepreneurial course. lives right. and you know and it's all over the place and I didn't stick in with anything for more than one or two years and so when I came down to Florida um, again I didn't have any money my car had broken down and uh, my wife and I were expecting uh, we moved down we moved into our in-laws house uh, we were living in our bedroom uh, my wife's bedroom and uh, you know expecting our first child and we had nothing, and I was going to buy a business, and my father-in-law eventually lent us money. And, you know, he lent us the money to buy Transworld, which was not a lot of money. I, it was a lot of money for anybody, but it wasn't, it was a very small business when I bought Transworld. And we ran out of money three months later, mm. and we were broke. And I had to go back and ask my father-in-law for money. And the conversation didn't go well. <laughs> and, 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 and you know, and but and you were taking care of his daughter to, and yeah, child. But, but to his defense, child. I mean, you know, he didn't know what he was. I, I, I keep telling him how crazy he was for doing this, and he keeps saying it was a sure bet. I'm like, there was nothing sure about it. <laughs> You're giving some guy who made pizzas in Jersey, and that was one of my jobs back in the day. <laughs> uh, you know, money to run a business brokerage, which I had been doing for two years. You know, I had been in for two years, but I certainly didn't know how to grow the business. So I, I, I think, um, you know, I always, I always say that hard work kind of overcomes a lot of, uh, a lot of obstacles. So, uh, you know, uh, being an entrepreneur sometimes is, you know, you kind of find your way and, and, and you don't have to have all the answers. So, but hard work really helps you overcome like tough things. And listen, we, I borrowed money from him again, uh, you know, 90 days into our uh, life at Transworld. <laughs> and I never had to borrow money again. And it was funny because I used to play golf with him every week and every once in a while I'd look at him and say, uh, Dad, I, we're getting close again. And he'd look at me and go, you're gonna make it. You're gonna make it. <laughs> I don't think you want to give me money. But he's been so supportive. He's, he's my number one fan. Really and that was how many years ago? It was 25 years ago. Right. So the guy who went from something every one or two years, then yeah, built something so I, that's yeah, now 25 years 25, later. Yeah. I, I mean, right? I, I've been there for uh, 25 years. So, wow. it, you know, I bought the company 23 years ago. So, And so it started, you bought the company, um, but now you're a franchise or franchise or. Yes. Right? So, um, and so you have grown this. You're global. Yeah. We, we are the largest business brokerage organization in the in the world uh, we we grew our florida office in fort lauderdale to nine offices in the state and we did that over time it was like 1997 through 2010 we were growing our firm and we just said and it was a slow growth and we had bought some companies and we had started some offices and 
and hired people and had some partners and we said this is not a real good way to expand fast. We need a way to expand fast and we said well let's try franchising. Right. So we looked in the franchising and one of my other things is I try to give people the tools to succeed. That's the key in business is giving people the tools to succeed and I realized that I did not have the tools to succeed in the franchising business. And I sought them out. I, I talked to an attorney that uh, eventually said, hey, listen, if you're not going to do this yourself, why don't you call United Franchise Group, who owns Sinorama and a company called Embroid Me, which they've changed the name of that. And why don't you call them? And they're thinking about business brokerage, too. Why don't you guys get together? So we got together, myself and Ray Titus, who's a fantastic. You should have him on. He's a, mm. he's a great guy and a fan of Junior Achievement as well. And he... Um, he, you know, we got together and we had a similar vision for growing Transworld and we joined forces and we're joint venture partners in Transworld, the franchise. I still own and operate Florida, but beyond that, you know, he and I are partners in the franchisor and it's, they're amazing franchisors, uh, United Franchise Group. They support now nine brands. Wow. Uh, and they uh, have, we have offices in Australia, we have offices in the UK, we have offices in France and South Africa. It's crazy. I know. I saw the tour. You were yes. getting to travel to all those amazing yes, places. I am. You know, you talk about giving people the tools, and of course, that's what we do here at Junior Achievement, sure. right? It's about giving young people the tools, and you hit it on the nose. You just said, I didn't have the tools, right? Nobody gave you the tools right. that you needed. So you had to figure them out as you went along, right? Same thing with me. I, I mean, I had parents who, who taught me about things, but what did I know about business? They weren't entrepreneurs, they were educators, right? So you go through and you try to figure it out and you try to learn it on your own. Um, with that, of course, comes, you know, challenges and obstacles because you try something and it doesn't work, right? Because you don't know. So talk a little bit about, you know, not having those skills. You know, what, what were some of those important lessons you learned over the last 25 years? Well, I think one of the important lessons I learned is that if you don't have the skills, somebody else does. So right. just go out there and learn. I mean, so I, I always make fun of uh, Tom Jones in my office because he was the most successful salesperson when I got there. And he was driving a C-Class Mercedes. He, he's a couple years older than me, which I keep reminding him of. <laughs> and, and I said, well, if he's driving a C-Class Mercedes and I'm driving my borrowed father-in-law's old Acura Legend, um, there's something he's doing right and I'm doing wrong. So I'm just going to follow him. So, you know, I started dressing like him. I was like a single white female. <laughs> They're wearing white, uh, yellow ties. It's funny I'm wearing a yellow tie today. And, you know, black pants. And, and, and I just started following what he did. And he actually looked at me. He says, are you, like, dressing like me now? I'm like, yes. So, you know, I learned early in my career in a sales or, or organization is follow the leaders. I mean, learn. And there's so many great, I mean, we're doing a podcast and we're talking about the ingredients to success. There's so much out there that you can learn. I love reading yeah. some books. My favorite um, negotiating book is by Chris Voss, it, 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 and it's called Never Split the Difference. It's mm. a fascinating book about people and negotiation and, and, and psychology. I, so Yeah, yeah. It, I, that's why I said you've got to keep learning. I, I spent my Christmas vacation, it was like two weeks. I don't think I came out of my pajamas and sweatpants for two weeks. And I had this long list of things I was going to do. And guess what I did? I hardly did any of those things. I just sat and read 
probably six leadership type books. Yeah. And I was just engrossed in learning and there was so much I took away from them. So I, I love all that. And so I, I agree with you and I love follow the leaders and that's what we hope people will, will get that kind well, of information from guests like you. And that's what we're doing like here you. too because you, you do have to inspire people too, right? So we're yeah. looking for inspiration as well. You know, and, and so we do that here at Transworld. People like to follow success, right? And so I think that's what we do here at Transworld, here at Transworld, here at Junior Achievement. We do it at Transworld too. Uh, but you know, that's what we're doing here at Junior Achievement is showing them success, right? And the ingredients to success. And then we're just trying to create that spark. Right, right. And, and it's magical. I mean, I got that spark. I don't know how I got that spark. My dad was a career uh, you know, uh, engineer in a, in a corporation. He certainly wasn't an entrepreneur. I don't know how I, you know, aspired to that, but I did. And I think there's a gene entrepreneurs have or something. They're born with it. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced. It's like a gambling. <laughs> you know, listen, it's professional gambling, right? You're in business. People ask me, do I like to gamble? Do I like to go to Vegas? I'm like, no, I gamble every day. <laughs> well, know? I was going to say, so, so risk taking, Right. That's one of the huge. If there's one main ingredient, that's your main ingredient. That that's is my it. main okay. ingredient. You have to take risk. I mean, you All really right. have to learn how to take risk, and you have to learn how to lose. I mean, you know, and not be. You know, there's a lot of acronyms. You know, little sayings in there, but you know, taking risk is spending money and not getting it back. You know, I was just talking to one a potential franchisee about some of the experiments. We did a big digital campaign uh, in, in South Florida last year. We spent $60,000 on a digital campaign and didn't get a lead. Wow. I mean, you know. But you, you have to try things. We have to try things. Right. And, and did it eventually work out? And did we get a, you know, good exposure? All those things, sure. But you know, when, you, when you, you're looking for that exact you know, you can't be, you can't have paralysis by analysis, right? You can't just, I, I see entrepreneurs or people who want to be entrepreneurs um, get caught up in just trying to get their KPIs, right? Their key performance indicators or having the perfect CRM system. And we were talking about technology beforehand, yep. which is completely maddening. I, I often say in, a, in my company, if we didn't have technology problems, I wouldn't have problems, right? right? Exactly. So. So uh, it's so you can't get bogged down by that stuff. You just have to go out there and execute and take risks. Right. Yeah, you know uh, James Donnelly was on uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he, one of my he favorite said, "I know, me too." Um, and he talked about having a plan, executing the plan, and then adjusting the plan because the plan never goes according to the plan, right? right? And so I, I love that 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 part of it, um, but but he talks about execution. Um, and he talks about how um, he's, he, he probably is a, a big driving force in creating the plan, sure. right, and developing that vision and that plan. But when it comes to execution, he talked a lot about the team. So that's another main ingredient, right? People. People is a huge main ingredient. Transworld would not be Transworld without the people that have been involved in Transworld. And, and being an effective leader uh, is not being autocratic. I mean, you, it, 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 and it's not quite a democracy either. Um, <laughs> but you need to be uh, inclusive. You need to be collaborative. Uh, and you need to realize that you're 
may not be the smartest person in the room or not have the right idea in the room. And James is really good at that. And I've taken cues from him. Um, but I always tell people that uh, working with people is a chess game, not a checkers game. And if you try to treat every single person on your staff like a checker, and you're going to treat everybody exactly the same, and everybody's going to have the same rules, that's insane. Right. You know, people are, have different skill levels. People have different emotional baggage. People have different lifestyles. People have different life things going on. I mean, I have people in my office that have had to leave for weeks because of family issues. Um, you know, there are people with developmental issues. As, you know, you, you live yeah. every day. And, and so there are things, but those people aren't useless. Those people can be put, they could be a chess piece. There's a place for them in organizations. And if you play the game right, and you have a good chess game, uh, you could have a, a successful, and, and, and then, so I believe in people, right? I believe in the inherent nature of people. I believe that uh, people can get better. I believe that people can change. And I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. And I think that's why I've been able to retain people for 20 years. Yeah, yeah uh, that's a long team. time. That's a lot of loyalty, too. Yeah, but, you know, it, but it's, it's a big responsibility, too. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, you know, it, it's, you talk about finding the right skills. You know, I, I remember when I started out in my career, there was no sitting at the table. We were told where we were going, what we were doing, how we were going to oh, do yeah, it. Sure. We didn't have any input, right? right? It's a totally different world today. One that I, I know some people struggle sometimes, right? Because they say, well, you know, why, why can't it just be the way it used to be? We just tell them what, what to do and then that's the end of it. Yeah, you know what, even as a leader, it's not as rewarding just to tell people. But when you see them shine and you see them in the right position, right, using the skill set that they're best at, it's really rewarding well, as giving, a leader. Giving them the tools to succeed, right. but then getting out of their way. Right. I love giving people projects. I, you know, and, and I have some new people on my staff right now. I have someone who's in charge of social media, <laughs> uh, Alexia, and we, we were very happy to have her. And, you know, and, and she says, what should I do? And I said, go in your office and figure it out. I mean, just come out with a plan, you know, and she's been doing that. I love that. Right. I mean, just, you know, and right. there's no wrong if it doesn't work. We're going to pivot and do something else. And I love people, you know, yeah, you got to let people have ownership. They, they have to feel pride. And, you know, sometimes that doesn't work out. You know this and <laughs> with people and personalities and they'll bunk heads and they'll, and, and you have to step in and separate yeah. people, especially when you have a big staff. It's hard. Yeah, no, it is hard. You, know, you talk about pivoting, um, and I think that's, you know, as Jane refers to it as adjusting. Um, I, I think that flexibility and adaptability. Um, and and it, I'm, I'm curious, because how many, I don't even know how many people you've put into businesses, right? Or how many businesses you've sold. What, what would you say is, um, are some of the challenges that you see in business people that if you could tell them, right, no, do this, right, or, or give them some advice, what would that yeah, be? Yeah, I mean, my, our, our big successful? advice to people when they buy a business, because they're usually buying an existing business, is don't go in there and make changes right in the beginning. Okay. Just stay the course. You're buying a business that was making money for a reason, and you don't know why that is exactly. So don't go in there and make wholesale changes because 
you know, listen, when I bought my pasta shop, we bought our pasta shop from three little old ladies sitting there cooking every day and serving their customers to two 20-year-olds or three 20-year-olds in there cooking every day, and they walked in where the little old ladies. Do you think they thought the food was as good with the two little, you know, young right. kids? No. no of so we had to win them over, and we stayed the course, and we didn't change the menu. We, and that's what you need to do in business. And again, I talked about paralysis by analysis. There were people going in there and making changes. So we, I tell business owners, just don't make changes in the beginning. Sure, you're going to do things to help the business grow. But again, back to the hard work. Just work harder. I mean, we're lucky to live in an economy in Florida where we're growing every day. I mean, there's a 1,000 people a day that move to Florida. Uh, we're growing. And really, almost anywhere in the United States, save a few areas, it's growing every day. So if you're in a business and you just do the right thing by people, which is another key ingredient, yeah. is... Customer service, right? I mean, just, you know, good deals for good people is one of our mottos because we want to be able to walk down the street and not get tomatoes thrown at us and you know what is it good deals for good people for good people like but you that. know you want to do good things for good people that you know you that's it's so funny i was driving up to tampa for a ja conference last week and so i've never been a podcast listener until i started doing this right, right? because now i'm curious to hear how yeah, other people are doing in their styles and, and and the content and all of that and there was one that I listened to, uh, it was about a 20 minute podcast, and it was all about showing people appreciation and mm -hmm. how far that can go, right? Just saying to someone, thank you, right? And, and you know, of course, and they used uh, spouses as an example. We could pick on a million things, right, that, that somebody does wrong. Right. But if you don't focus on that and you focus on the one thing that that person did right that day or that week and tell them about it and thank them for it, it changes the whole dynamics of the relationship. So uh, the, uh, the leader of Yum Brands, I've, uh, you know who owns Taco Bell and all the Yum Brands, I forget what else they own, yeah. KFC. Uh, but Yum Brands, uh, the CFO goes around and hands out rubber chickens to people who do well. And people cry about it. And he wrote a book about this. <laughs> the you know, rubber rat, chickens. Rubber chickens and handing out the rubber chickens. And I came out with something like that. And so I do send notes to people on my staff. And, and, and it doesn't have to be you know, right. money. Yeah. It can be a note. It can be a note. And I, like write, I also like handwritten notes. It's a kind of a lost art. Yeah. And when somebody gets a handwritten note from you saying, great job. Do you know, I will go around the office, and I do that too. A lot of times I'll leave a note on somebody's chair at night, you know, before I leave, and they're already gone. I will still see those notes up on their bulletin board or on their desk three years later. Mine happens to be a guitar pick on a chain that says thank you on it. I love that. But you got to see it. They're, they're hung up all over my yeah. office. Yeah, and so that's... That's really nice Somebody to just see had, that people Somebody's doing a project that last week and says, am I going to get one? And I said, <laughs> you are absolutely, I, I might send you two. This is a big project we just went through. So. Yeah, because they're making music, right? With yeah. the guitar pick. I love it. Um, so, so advising them to stay the course, not change too much up. Um, and hard work. I mean, it is hard work. And you're going to have your ups and downs in entrepreneurship. Uh, it's not always going to be rosy. Say, you know, if you're making money, you uh, a good entrepreneur saves money. And the other philosophy I have is, is, is you know, you have to market. I'm a marketer in the end of the day. So you have to tell your story. You have to get it out there and you have to spend money to make money. 
And when you have money, you have to, I call it throwing gasoline on the fire. If you're making money, you got to spend money on advertising and spend money on marketing and do things like this and it, because it's essential. Yep. You know, I just sent a quote to Chris, who's over there behind the cameras, who's our marketing uh, manager and, and video production manager. And it was a no untold story of a move demand to action, right? If we don't tell our story, and I think that's why this is, that's one of the reasons why we did this show. I wanted to be able to, to tell our story to our guest, right, if they've never been here before, but also to weave in how what you're doing and how we need to prepare young people for the future to be the next generation of you, right? Yeah, I mean, we, we need entrepreneurs, and we, they we're sitting in a, in a place that was built uh, with the money of an amazing entrepreneur of Wayne Hazinga and his and and his wife, uh, you know they're both extremely generous and uh, gave us the money. And he was an incredible entrepreneur. And I often tell people in the community, I'm like, who's the next Wayne? Mm. Now there are some people that you and I know. I won't call them out on camera <laughs> uh, that are the next uh, philanthropists because uh, that's what it takes to run a community. You need strong philanthropy, you need strong entrepreneurs, you need strong businesses. And we're lucky here in South Florida, we have a few of them, but not, you know, and Florida's still growing up. I mean, you know, we're only like 40 years old maybe since they invented air conditioning. <laughs> so, you know, but you know, it's not like New York and Cleveland and where they have these people that have lived there for generations and now, but we're getting those people now. And we have some second generation people that we both know and love yeah. that are picking up that that torch and uh, becoming amazing uh, philanthropists, but we need more. Yeah, and I was actually going to go there because I wanted, I was hoping that that would be where we would end up our, our um, episode, which was talking about the commitment to community. Um, I don't think that I know two people, right, you and Allie, who are so committed to this community. Um, for those that don't know, Andy was a prior board member here at Junior Achievement. Part of uh, building this great building, as you said, with the Heisingas and so many other, the Patents and Falcones and all the people who, the Lillian yeah, S. Wells Pavilion, you know, uh, Foundation, all of those people who, who really made this possible. Um, but you, you know, have done so much in your own right. Um, so not just Junior Achievement, I can't, uh, the list, like, I mean, look at this, right? I, I wouldn't bore you with the list. Uh, but it is inspiring and it's amazing. Um, and I think there's two pieces to that. One, I absolutely believe that being a part of your community and giving back and making a difference in your community makes a difference in your company. I don't care what anybody tells me. It does. If you invest in your community and make a difference, it will come back tenfold. It I does. believe that. And, and, and I did not start my uh, my philanthropic journey um, and we could have a whole, whole, whole session whole on, that, session on right. that. But I didn't start it because I thought it would give us money or give me exposure. I did it uh, because I was trying to help someone at LifeNet for Families. And But I mean, one quick story of how philanthropy comes back. I, you know, we, we sell businesses at Transworld and, uh, and a certain person who was, we had just talked about <laughs> who was on the board with me at United Way, gave me his business, the, James Donnelly, gave me his business to sell. And he literally looked at me and said, I'm giving you my business to sell. I could give it to anybody. And it was, a it was an insurance company. And, 
and they're specialists that sell insurance company and people who call every single day asking to sell your insurance company to him. And he said, no, I'm giving it to you because of what you do in the community. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, you, to become a trusted advisor in your community, which is really important, you have to show people that you give first and that you can be trusted. And what's more, what's more uh, precious than your community and that if people trust you with something in your community uh, that you take hold of, and it doesn't take money all the time. I could, we, Allison and I could not afford to be huge monetary philanthropists. I don't know if, we, if, we're, <laughs> if we're not there yet, but we couldn't afford to give uh, huge amounts of money. And you know, my pasta dinner, which we just had, right. it was getting all our friends and families, pooling our monetary funds, and being able to come up with something that made a difference. But that's, you know, whether it's in finances or in time or in skill sets and talents, I mean, you bring a thousand people together, right, for LifeNet. That's something you've been doing now for what, eight, 19, 18 years? 18 years. Um, you know, and helping them to raise money. You're not writing that check, but you're the catalyst, oh, right, to making now. that happen. Well, yeah, you're writing <laughs> checks, but I mean, you're not writing that big. No, no, big I'm not check, writing a three hundred thousand dollars right? check. But you're here. the catalyst to raising that right. that kind I mean, of I, money. Um, but I think you you said it very clearly. I, I think if you go into the community to do things in the community with the hopes and the intention of it being returned, it's the wrong reason. No, right? it's the wrong reason. But when you get involved in this community for the right reasons, uh, and I always say. I have built every relationship that I have in this community. I knew you before Junior Achievement. Yeah, and absolutely. And how did I know you? From being involved in the community, right. from being on committees, from being on boards. People get to know you that when you give your word, your word means something, that you're going to do what you say you're going to do, all of those yeah. things, right? And they get to know you and your passion at a different level. I've said before, I said there's nothing more capitalistic than giving to a private nonprofit, right? So if you believe that the government shouldn't have all the money and we and we shouldn't charge the government with taking care of everything government is part of it and you know doing the homeless thing downtown that we all did and we're all working and and, and building this place it, it, it's part of it but it can't be the total solution we all have to get involved yeah. and so there's nothing more capitalistic than investing in something like junior achievement that's privately run that that really gets no government Grants. It used, I mean, we do get some, some now, now, thank goodness. But we yeah. didn't. We right. didn't when we first started, and 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 taking it and taking something as important as teaching our kids financial literacy and the and the entrepreneurial system and capitalism and and responsible capitalism. I'll even put it that way. Um, and the work skills, right? Yeah. How how many tables do we sit at where they talk about? People are coming out, young people are coming out of school without those soft critical no, skills, know. right? And so it, it, what we do, I, I think, is so important as parents, right? I know how yeah, important this is, this. right? We wanted our kids to be responsible and prepared right. and ready for life. And, and that's it seems like it doing. takes them longer, and I'm not sh sure Today, why. you mean? Yes. Yeah, I think they get you know, right. My daughter's 25 years old, and, uh, and they, you know, now I see them becoming, you know, full adulting yeah. as they call it. At 21, it. I just told my daughter that the other day I had my own apartment. I was working full time. I was finishing school at night. Yeah. 
I, I mean, I was on my own, right. right? My parents didn't help me with right. my rent or any right. of that. Um, not that they didn't do things for us, but, yeah, but you're right. I think we, we felt this responsibility to go out and start earlier. Yeah. Um, so, so we're gonna read back your recipe for success. <laughs> and I know that there's even more than this if yeah, we could sure. keep going. Um, but, um, so we're just gonna go through a little, I love this, um, and that's probably gonna be one of the things um, that I think we highlight, it's a journey. It is right? a journey, right? Life is a journey. It Work is. is a journey. Running organizations and companies is a journey, right? And it's all about the people and the places and the things that happen uh, that make it so so memorable. Um, hard work, and you you talked about how hard work overcomes obstacles, right? Uh, there is nothing like hard work. Yeah, nothing. Um, give people the tools to succeed. So important and and so relatable here at JA. Find people who have the skills, right? Find those people, like you said. Yeah, we don't know everything. Right. Let's find the people who do know how to do something, whether it's marketing or whatever yeah, technology. Don't the wheel. Right. That's I don't need to go learn is. all that. Right. right. That's what franchising exactly. is. We have these system. Help go people. out and learn, and follow the leaders, right? Um, and emulate. We have so many amazing role models here in this we community do. to do. look at, including yourself, and to learn from. Inspire people. You know, and I think that works both ways. It's about inspiring them and about being inspired, right, by, yeah. by those people and those leaders in the community. Commitment to community, I, I know that that's a critical a for you one. and a big one for you. Um, you said your main ingredient, though, was taking risks. You have to take risks. Um, and so that is your main ingredient. We're going to do a little session with Andy on just on taking risks. Um, learn how to lose, right? Um, we're not always going to succeed. No. Everything we try isn't always going to work. This so we is have not to be Instagram. Prepared. It doesn't become perfect. It right. is Instagram, but it's, <laughs> you know, everything's not perfect. Right. And, and, and so when you do lose, right, you also talk down below about pivoting. Yeah. You've got to be able to pivot, sure. right, and be flexible and adjust the plan. Um, execute a customer service. I like this one. Good deals for good people, right? We want, people want to feel special. Right. You could have, we have 7,000 volunteers. Our goal is to make every single one of them feel so special that they're here. You do not need to hurt people in business. Right. You don't. Right. You I can agree. be nice. Nice yep. guys finish first. Yeah, I, I agree with that. People, you got to get them involved, right? Making sure yep. that they're involved in the decisions yeah, and the I ideas. Yeah, I mean, empower people. And like empower said, them. Yeah. Finding the right position for each person and then letting them have ownership of that. I think so often we delegate or we... we um, we micromanage, you know, yeah. I, I think I am not a, I, I'm not a micromanager either. I I'm not hate good at being it. micromanaged. Yeah, me too. And so I really try not to do that. Um, but I think that that's letting them have ownership. And it's hard to let go yeah. sometimes, right? Especially if it's your business. Yeah. Uh, staying the course. Uh, and then the last one, which has to do with marketing, is about yeah, telling your yeah, story, story, right? Story. And you do that so well. Um, thank you so no much problem. for being here. Thank you for being an amazing I'm friend. Yes. Thank you for being a supporter of Junior Achievement Love and a lifelong. I probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. It's okay. Um, you were instrumental in, in my decision come here yes and so definitely and we are so lucky to have you well we thank really you are. and i do love this mission I, I absolutely love you've it you've done an amazing it. job we've talked well, about you. that offline too. thank you and so thank you so much to all of you who have listened and watched today i hope that you're as inspired by andy's story and by the ingredients in his success as i am uh, i continue to look up to this man and so i hope that you take away some ingredients that you might apply in your leadership journey and I just want to let you know that uh, we'll be back next week and let's get cooking.